Hello, and welcome to another episode of The Safety Brief. I'm your host, Elizabeth, and today I'm joined by Matt and Mike. As always, thank you both for being here. Thanks so for today we're Oh, sorry. <laughs> um, of course. Uh, today we're diving into the differences between penetration testing and vulnerability testing. So how about we start by breaking down the fundamental differences between the two? Can you explain in simple terms how they differ from one another? Matt, why don't you lead off on this one? Okay, I wasn't sure if you wanted me to or not. Yeah, All please. Right. <laughs> so, interestingly enough, one can encompass the other, but the other in another situation cannot encompass the other. I know, that sounds confusing. So, let's start with, with the baseline here. A vulnerability scan. Vulnerability scan is going to look at whatever you are specifying, whether it's web for vulnerability scan, application vulnerability scan, uh, your operating system, which we know has many vulnerabilities to scan, or however you have it configured. You're looking for areas of weakness that you need to shore up. Now, that can be used as a part of a penetration test. Penetration testing is designed to go from the outside think your house mike likes this reference it's your house a vulnerability scan you're already in the house you have access you're running you're testing you're looking to see you know can you find the james bondish hidden cave inside the house and then exploit that in some way shape or form penetration testing you're outside the house you're having to go against the security system to get into the house, at which point you can start leveraging vulnerability scans to find things to exploit internally. Yeah, spot on, Matt. You know, in the uh, I do like house analogies. I find that they're applicable to most people with a home. <laughs> so, um, one thing that I, I've heard recently that's been helpful is really truly um, the you know the home inspector what what role does the home inspector buy? a lot of people buying a home uh at least more the past two months than maybe uh, in the q4 of last year and a lot of people are going through home inspections right and, and it's a stressful time why is it a stressful time well you're about to spend a lot of money more more than you probably spent on anything else in your life uh on a house that um could come with some risk right and if you're an it provider if you're an it help desk or a director, you're 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 picking up what I'm putting down. That we inherit these end users. They might come with some risk. You know, it's just that's the reality of it. And uh, there's no real way to measure what that risk looks like outside of routine, scientific, methodical ways like a like a vulnerability scan, right? And so when you invite a home inspector into your home, uh, obviously the seller of the home is conceding to it. Obviously, as the buyer, you're the one pushing for it because you'd like to know, hey. What am I getting myself into? You know, I've seen a lot of MSP partners and IT teams that before they onboard a new client will conduct a vulnerability scan. It's like, hey, we, we don't know where you're at. We want just like a benchmark bill of health to understand where you currently are in your journey. And I don't want to say like there's a, a pass or fail of a vulnerability scan, right? Like anybody can go into a gym and get their benchmark one mile time. Uh, that could be a great time for a marathon runner. It could be a great time for a 60-year-old individual, right? Like it, it doesn't, there's no like winning or, or, or passing or failing exam, right? As a vulnerability scan, but it's more so a, uh, a illuminating 
uh, practice. It's a ritual. It's really to see, hey, where could we true up? Where could we create gap or where could we create strategy around gap, around cybersecurity gap? And so, you know, that's going to be the biggest difference. I think uh, the vulnerability scan is a, is an educational. Uh, I don't know what I don't know, but I'd like to know more type test. And just like Matt said really eloquently was the penetration test is typically done once you've bolstered your defenses, once you have gone through the routine exercises of, hey, I've shored up endpoint. Hey, I've shored up what I can do on the Office 365 and the cloud SaaS side. Hey, I've looked at my firewall, I've reviewed the ACLs, I've removed unnecessary ports, uh, and I've done that, right? I've done my hardening. Now I'm going to invite a vulnerability scan and I'm going to see where can I even push the further? Where can I even go? Hey, I got a nine minute mile time. I've done pretty good. You know, hey, change your stride do these shoes, grab these insoles, whatever it is, you can move 20 seconds off your time, right? Like it's a little bit more. And then, then it's race day. And that's race day, baby. That's what penetration testing is. And so what you're going to find is there's an order of operations to this, like a, Mike Tarango, our director of, oper, uh, director of technology, did a really good job of articulating it that way, was specifically outlining that it's, uh, it's a process, right? Mm-hmm. I totally agree. Um, so this one might actually boil uh, some blood in here today, but uh, I won't name any names, uh, but we've seen instances where companies ask MSPs to lower security. As you just said, normally you want to have, you know, your full stack and you're testing your security abilities um, before running those scans. So when selecting a company for cybersecurity services like these scans, what key factors should MSPs look for to integrate the solutions and actually benefit from the scans? Um, kind of going back into that home uh, analogy, you're not going to set your your alarm and then leave your front door open or you know lock your car and leave all the windows down. So okay, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna start in on this because there's a couple different things that you need to really consider when it comes to vulnerability scanning and penetration testing. Um, first and foremost, when you are looking for somebody who is going to provide that for your company, your MSP, or you're looking to provide it to you know your customers as an MSSP, there's a lot that needs to be taken into consideration. First off is what level of testing are you looking to do? This isn't one size fits all. This isn't like, you know, going to Gap and getting those flex fit clothes or, or something like that. There's different levels of this. You've got white box, you've got gray box, you've got black box. A lot of the solutions that I see on the market are asking you for white box. They're saying we will go through and we'll do, you know, a vulnerability scan or we'll do a penetration test but you need to give us the keys to the kingdom in order for this to be, you know, completed in our way of doing things. That's nice. That's great. It's useless. You're giving somebody full access and then they're saying, well, we were able to do this. Really? Cool. Uh, I'm pretty sure if I give you the keys to my car and you go out and get a speeding ticket and say, look what I was able to do. I'm not going to be shocked at all maybe a little bit when you don't have any information about the car, but congratulations on not getting arrested. Um, that's almost the same level as what I look at with these vulnerability scans. When you go to gray box, it's a little bit tougher. You're giving a little bit of permission to the application. You're not giving a lot. You may be giving them an account 
or a specific machine that they can try to get a foothold on. You're not giving them the entire keys to the kingdom. The ultimate test and what you should be looking at is black box. You've got all of your security in place. Their job is to try and get around that. Why help them? If they can't get in through your perimeter, why do you, I mean, what are they going to tell you? They couldn't get in. There's nothing they can do. That's what you're looking at. You want something like that. Now, the other thing is, if you are ever provided an executable and they say, please put this on the allow list so that it's able to run and your AV solution doesn't pick it up, that's not a scan. That's that's a waste of your time. It's not something that should ever happen. And the last thing I'll say, and Mike, I know you're going to probably have some fun with this. When you are running one of these tests, if it does not map back to a legitimate framework, you have wasted money. If you cannot have a vulnerability scan that ties back specifically to a MITRE framework to tell you what TTPs are being used, there is no way that it's going to help you. Saying, we were able to do this. Cool. What did you use to do that so we can shore this up? Telling us is one thing. Scaring us is one thing. Showing us what we need to actually fix and what we actually need to shore up, that's the entire premise of having a vulnerability scan done or having penetration testing done. It's so you can better yourselves, not so you can pay somebody to say, well, we'll do this for you, but it's going to cost you. Okay, well, now you're incentivized to try and do anything you can to make it look like things failed, including saying, let us through your AV solution and then reporting the AV solution didn't actually prevent it. That's a cute tactic. Let me tell you, that's, that's great. Mike, go, go for it. I know you want to. Yeah, man. Um, we're going to, we're going to hop in the time machine here on the safety brief. We're going to go back to like elementary school and uh, down in South Florida. Uh, I remember going to school, elementary, middle school, we'd have tornado drills at school, you know, or fire drills at school, you know, and that's a routine thing. Why did we do that? Well, you train like you fight, you know, if you're in the military, you understand that, that mindset, but, uh, you know, you don't want to find out how to evacuate a building in the event of a fire when there's a fire, right? You practice it, you rehearse it. So, but there was something that some teachers would do that would maybe mar the results accuracy of said fire drill. And what would they do? All right, students, in eight minutes, we're going to have a fire. And you're not supposed to know. But when it happens, here's where we're going. Because they wanted to look better than every other class out there, right? What is going on here? Well, I'll tell you. Number one, that's not a legitimate test. That's not a legitimate test, right? Like the moment that the fire alarm goes off, instinct should hit training. Then you should know your evacuation route. You can't be told, well, mini man, mini girl, they're about to be a fire. Let's get outside, right? Like, if you if you number one, if you lower the cost of the test, the results are going to reflect. Right. And so, you know, I've seen other people where, you know, I had a recent recent interaction where we had a partner come to us and say, well, what what happens if. You know, I do a vulnerability scan. And the results make me look bad because I've been managing their environment like 
what if what if I look bad? And again, this is where I'd evoke, not that that's a negative thing to say. I understand that. But I think, you know, at BlockWorks, we specifically have a core value that says winning or learning. And winning or learning means that we're, we're, we're never losing if we're learning. And if we're not learning, we're winning, right? So life gives us two options and two paths, right? Every single vulnerability scan we offer you get two opportunities. You can either win, get validation. That's a great score, man. That's like we did really, really well. We've we've done a lot of due diligence to shore up a lot of different controls, uh, and that's great. You're winning. That's celebratory. And then you look at this exam, and you're like, wow, like score score is pretty low. There's a pretty long list of things to shore up. Well, you learned a bunch of stuff you didn't know yesterday about your security stack, and that's that's still winning. Right. And that's why I think, again, it requires a mindset shift. But, you know, I joke, uh, you know, Elizabeth, to your question being about what happens when we we see tools try to say, hey, we want to test the posture of your security. Can you let them know we're testing or could you let them know to turn their mechanisms off or, hey, can you disable. Before we run this scan, because if the scan can't run. We can't be told we're vulnerable. I was like, well, yeah, actually, yeah, I guess that'd be a pretty that'd be a pretty fun home inspection if you left all the water running. You know, yeah, if you want to bomb an inspection, there's ways to to rig the test. But, you know, I use the elementary and middle school analogy in comic relief, but I see a lot of people doing that with technology. You know, they're doing this as a check the box, you know, no different than that teacher. Like, hey, I just I want to perform well. I want to look good. And you know, but there's a there's a culture of of integrity. There's a culture of competency that says, "Hey, we're either winning or we're learning." Cyber is an ever ending battle, Matt. I know you can you give an eloquent TED talk on you know we're always evolving, we're always growing, and that's that's true. That's real, man. You know, um, but I think you know you got to approach it wanting to learn something. You know, don't don't run a vulnerability scan unless you're ready to learn something. <laughs> you know, it's like if if you're not ready for whatever that scan is going to show you. Uh, and then take action on that's just like, again, uh, you go to the gym and you have a body assessment or a benchmark time, like be ready to told, be ready to be told you got some work to do, you know? And, uh, you know, if there's anything about being in the military, uh, maybe later in life or joining later in life than others, you know, be ready to be told in ways that you can improve, you know, and that's healthy though. It's a culture. If you lean into it, you get really, really good. Uh, but again, I just, I say that because it just goes back to that class, man. Hey, we're going to it's like, come on, man, let the test be real. So, you know, I would say for those that are considering vulnerability scans, uh, you can always set expectations, right? Preface it. Hey, we've never run something like this before. It's a new piece of technology. It's a new tool. Uh, we're curious to see what the findings are. Why? Because anything on there is something that we can be better at. And if if that's what we're doing, uh, then we're only getting better. And I don't see that as a negative. You know, if I'm a, if I'm a business owner and I'm, you know, asking somebody to come in and conduct my security um, I don't see that as a negative. I, I, maybe I don't, maybe I got a different mindset and maybe more people should think like this. I don't know. But specifically, like I'm thinking, Hey, like I'm really glad, um, uh, you know, my doctor took the time to tell me where I can improve my health and maybe it's an uncomfortable conversation, you know, maybe it's less Chick-fil-A, you know, God forbid. but you know, it's like, you know, you gotta be ready for those, those opportunities to learn. Uh, and you know, don't, don't go fishing in a vulnerability scan assessment. If uh, a real vulnerability scan will tell you, you got work to do. Regardless of like, it won't ask you to do this, do that, to get ready for the test. No, run the test, come in, you know, it's like, uh, 
It's like uh, you know, if if you know your mom's coming home and you know you need to clean your room, you know you're gonna, you're gonna clean it only because you know your mom's coming home. Not just keep your room clean. You know what I mean? Like just it should be clean at any time. And so in the military, we have spontaneous room inspections. Uh, that's a common thing too. You know, it's like oh, we'll just check in. We'll check in. So yeah, I think that was a that was a tangent, but specifically vulnerability scans, um, you know, or even penetration testing, asking you to provision a set of prerequisites before the test. Ah, I should just. It should uh, should maybe spark some red flags. Within reason, right, within reason, right, like I think you, you need to give people notice, you know, you need to give if you're doing a full penetration test, you need to give IT administration notice of what's in scope of the test, when it's taking place, things like that, right? There's a there's a thin line between change control and change management, which is necessary and good and, you know, spoiling the test, right? Like, OK, guys, we got an inspection next week. True up everything now, right? Like, no, just let it run. Get a benchmark where you're at today. Right. And so. No, I completely agree. And I like how you brought up the fact that, you know, some people are scared because, you know, if, if they're managing those services. Um, but like you said, if, if it was my company, I would have more questions if you're my MSP and I'm not seeing any kind of alerts or any kind of, um, I guess, advice that you're wanting to give us. So I, I feel like it is really helpful to give the that feedback. You know, the environment's always changing. There's always going to be differences and new vulnerabilities. So definitely important and uh, definitely shouldn't be scared to do them at all. So now that we've talked a little bit more in um, understanding both tests and what they are, um, we've also noticed a lot of confusion in the field regarding when to deploy each test. Um, so what should organizations, especially MSPs, consider when deciding between a vulnerability and penetration tests? And how can these assessments fortify security measures when deployed strategically? Like Matt, like Mike said, without, you know, letting them know eight minutes prior. <laughs> Again, for me, it's gonna come back to like an order of operations. You know, I'm, I'm not gonna go for my, I'm not gonna go for my best mile time before I understand what my benchmark is. And given the number one, the amount of resources penetration tests need, uh, number two, the amount of legality and red tape there is in penetration tests of just getting clearance of what's in scope of the test, what's not in scope of the test, what can you do, what can't you do. There are going to be infinitely more cycles on a penetration test than a vulnerability scan. Uh, and again, you can here's the beautiful thing. Like there's obviously services we offer that do vulnerability scanning, but there is open source vulnerability scanning tools that you can use run against yourself. Right. Like get a get a benchmark, mm -hmm. right. Get an idea of just something's better than nothing. So, you know, you don't need to do, you don't need to go to the gym. Uh, to get your benchmark mile time, you know, you can go to the gym to get it better. Yeah, for sure. But like, just understand where you're at today and get a general idea. There are some routine things you can do uh, to get better awareness to it. Um, I will preface it with this, though. Um, and this is something that's that's near and dear to my heart, because I, I, I travel, I get to travel a lot I have the blessing of being able to talk to a lot of people and meet a lot of really neat practitioners in our space that are professionals in what they do. I see people go to these conferences looking for nuggets of wisdom uh, and they pay thousands of dollars, but they don't have MFA enabled. <laughs> They're looking for something new and majestic to learn about cybersecurity, uh, but we've abandoned the basics. And so what I will preface it with, like, yes, vulnerability scanning is essential. It's good. It, it does assume a level of maturity has already been obtained. And so don't just I would caution 
those watching live and, and catching it after the fact, whether it's audio or video, uh, don't abandon the basics because, you know, we had a recent case study. I think it was January 19th, just about a week ago. Microsoft put out uh, their whatever a compromise took place in November on their non-production email environment uh, password spray attack. That, that's that's easy pickings, boys and girls. That's easy pickings. There's no MFA on those accounts if they're if they're getting owned by a password spray. And so for the majority, right, like if they're super complex attacks. Yes, this was not one of them. And so the reality is most cybersecurity breaches happen due to low complexity of the vulnerability, not the, um, you know, lack of due diligence. So, again, just being just something for food for thought, right? Because we always like to challenge when when people hop in is, you know, don't lose the basics. If you're trying to chase something, you know, like vulnerability scanning and then penetration testing in your roadmap, uh, shore up the basics. You know, don't be educated beyond your obedience type of thing, right? I would have to agree with you on that. Um, the best thing that you can do is always start with the basics. Um, obviously, you don't want to cheat. I mean, I will tell you this. When I was a kid, my class crushed those tornado drills like 100%. We never lost. That's because your teacher told you about them. <laughs> not only that, our teacher told us, and then we had a bunch of demanding little children that would make sure that if you were out of line, they tattled on you. There it is, man. They police your own. Stitches get we stitches. Say, yeah, we say police your was. own. That's right. Exactly. So, you know, there's that. But also, you mentioned the gym. And last time I went to the gym, I didn't get advice. I got told you need to start from the ground up, <laughs> like full restoration. It was bad. Trust me. When you do a vulnerability scan, you're not going to get news that's that terrible. It's never going to be that <laughs> dire. You're going to have stuff in place already that's going to, you're, you're going to be elevated a little bit higher than that. So you'll be fine. And, you know, once you get everything in place, once you get a baseline, once you think, okay, this is what I think my security stack should be. This is how it should be configured. That's when you hit it. That's when you hit it. That's when you find out what's, you know, what's out there. Now, the one thing we haven't really touched on are the different levels that you can go through when it comes to vulnerability scanning. I mean, there's, there are different tiers of this. And by tiers, I mean, capabilities, you can you can get an absolutely amazing top tier vulnerability scan. And then you can go even higher than that and you can hire somebody like Unit 221B. I've had experience with what their capabilities are when doing testing of applications. They will put it through the ringer. They will not just do, you know, your normal everyday MITRE framework testing. They're going to go through and they're going to hit it with custom payloads. They're going to hit it with everything you could ever want. Like they are going to be the equivalents of shock and awe. Except it might make you want to drop and cry when they get done, depending on how, how it turned out. Um, but there's different levels to it. So, you know, when you get everything set up, you get a, a vulnerability scan done, you fix all of that. If you think, okay, great. What else could there be? There's always more. You can always learn. You can always grow. You can always better your defenses. If you look at where we are today, this is that part of that TED Talk. I'm sorry, Mike. I'm going to have to go I into called it. it. I called it, brother. You it was called calling. it. You did. You <laughs> it was it. there. It was just waiting you to be born, it. baby. Yeah. We only get better 
when we're challenged. Security as a whole has only gotten to the level that it's at because somebody beat the security. Somebody has to be better than you and you have to fail in order to learn. I hate to say it, I know that bruises egos, but you're not the brightest candle in the room. Somebody will always be better than you and they are just hiding. And that's what vulnerability scanning and that's what pen testing is going to show. It's going to let the people that like to hide in the corner wearing all black do their thing and show you that you're not at the level you think you are. Now, here's the question that, that I would raise. When do you want to do this? Preferably before one of those people that's hiding in the shadows decides to take it upon themselves to do the testing and show you how bad your defenses really are. That will cost you a lot more money than getting a vulnerability scan or a penetration test done. I promise you, you don't want them to do it because they're bored. You'd rather hire them and have them actually do it for you. So there's, as Mike said, there's legal red tape that they have to go through. There's things they can, they can't do. There's generally uh, NDAs that are signed. They're not able to talk about the things they found or anything of that nature. It helps keep you safe. There's indemnification. There's all kinds of stuff in there. The important thing is the people that are doing the scans it helps keep them safe from the law because they're going to be breaking into your stuff, doing it in a manner that is the same that somebody doing it unethically is going to be doing. And if somebody happens to be monitoring that and isn't aware that the testing is going on because you're not cheating and letting everybody know, that can have you know terrible ramifications. So it helps to keep everything on the level, keeps everybody safe and helps better your defenses. Thank you for coming for my TED talk. Yeah, there it is, man. There it is. It's, it's magic. Now, I think, yeah, the only thought I had to add on to that was the reality that, um, you know, just like you said, Matt, was we, there's always something for us to learn. Uh, we have to accept that and be okay with it. Uh, but don't don't let everything we're saying deter you from don't not do vulnerability scans. You know, like don't don't be scared away from them. Right? Like it's kind of one of those things. It's like you don't like going to the doctor. Cause they have nothing good to say, you know, like, Hey, don't, don't not go. Don't do that. <laughs> don't do that. You know, better is better is the devil, you know? And mm -hmm. so, especially when it comes to cyber risk and managing that, you know, we've had a number of partners have success with, you know, they have a new client, they're onboarding them. They're putting together a strategic, uh, like roadmap for them of, of what would be in their first 12 months. And so if you conduct a vulnerability scan and you find that there's gaps and holes, well, guess what? They're getting recommended for their first 90 to 120 days Endpoint security, cloud security, network hardening, things like that. Right. And so, but it's important because it helps you build that strategy. So it just comes down to how do you strategically take care of organizations from an IT continuity perspective, uh, and mitigate risk rather than, well, I'm sure they're fine. Their old IT provider was okay. I don't really need to look under that rock, you know, like, just don't, don't do that. You know, there's a candor and integrity that, you know, we, we need more of, uh, out of practitioners in the space. And I think that's, what's really neat about, uh, our partners and those that they work with, that they take that stuff seriously, you know, Hey, better is the devil, you know, better to go in and get the check, better to go in and do the vulnerability scan, better to get two or three home inspectors than no, don't do it and take the home as is right. Like it's just, yeah, don't not do it. <laughs> don't not do it no that's a great point um it's as simple as you'd rather be safe than sorry 
So, um, just like what a lot of people say, it's not if, it's when. But you could be prepared um, rather than just waiting for that demise <laughs> or sitting there with your fingers crossed, hoping that it, it doesn't happen to you because it, it can. Um, so once a company finds the right fit um, for who will deploy the penetration testing and or vulnerability scans, when is the optimal schedule? Is it a quarterly vulnerability scan, yearly penetration test? Um, should it be conducted when changes are made to the environment? What's your professional opinion on the cadence for these? Tips. <laughs> Run with it. Okay, so I'm gonna have to throw this out there that vulnerability scanning, I would recommend on a quarterly basis, if not more. Um, there are solutions that you can leverage that give you the ability to run vulnerability scans at your own scheduling uh, preference. And that's something that is always good to have because that's always going to be an ongoing vector that you need to be looking at. Vulnerabilities get released almost, I would say, hourly, it seems, probably quicker than that. They may not be announced or they may not be egregious enough to where they merit attention from the media, but that doesn't mean that they're not there and they're not something that needs to be addressed. Now, penetration testing is a completely different animal. Penetration testing, you're going to have to do a little bit in the form of balance. Uh, and I, I liken this to you're walking between two buildings on a high wire with absolutely no net because the price that you're going to have to pay for that pen testing is going to have to be offset by what you're actually seeing in terms of results or deliverables that you can actually provide to your customers. If you have a customer that's got 10 endpoints and you look at a penetration test and it's going to cost you $5,000 for a pen test, I mean, it's hard to really justify that. It's 10 devices. I mean, it's, is, would there be a merit to it? Absolutely. But how long is it going to take to offset that? And are you going to be able to implement all of the things that they are looking to implement to bolster that security? So it becomes a little bit difficult. I would say, however, pen tests should be at least once a year. You can, you can generally justify that. And most businesses should be able to justify that at least once a year as a form of proactive security. The more that you do up front, the more you're able to take care of, the more you can shore up, the less you're going to pay when something goes sideways. And you notice I say when. It's not if. Something's going to go sideways. Fortunately for us, our security stack is pretty amazing. We have technology that we use that others just don't. But for many, that is the reality. It's not, you know, if it happens, it's just an accepting of it's going to happen. I need to be ready for this. I like the preparation angle you're going um, with that. Um, I kind of agree to kind of do the vulnerability scans quarterly. Um, and you can make those quarterly goals. Like, this is what we found on this scan. This is what we want to have not show up on the next scan and so on and so forth. Then at the end of the year, you have your big penetration test, um, kind of like the the gym analogy. You're not going to go to a, a bodybuilding or, or CrossFit um, event or anything of that nature without prepping and preparing and and being, you know, reasonable with it because there's entry cost and 
you know, there's prizes and, you know, the, the prize here is being able to show your clients the, the work that you've done over the year to give them better results on that next penetration test. So it really shows like a proof of concept of what you did over the year for the, your client. Yeah, no, I, one thing that just came to mind was, you know, whether it's getting a tattoo or picking out a hotel, you get what you pay for get what you pay for. So if you're going to go and invest the money in a penetration test, make sure you get what you pay for. Uh, do vulnerability assessments, store up your defenses, and then do the penetration test. Do not go and, and just immediately embark on a penetration test and and fail miserably uh, because it was that easy and you did not get what you paid for. You know, uh, It's like, <laughs> you overpaid for that, right? Make for them the work amount of time. For it, basically. Yeah, make them work for it. Get what you pay for. Like, you know, if you're going to exactly. invest that much money, uh, don't make it a two hour endeavor for those conducting the test. You know, I mean, if, and if so, you're paying for a steak dinner, make sure that you're getting the steak, you're getting the wine, you're getting yeah, all the sides. I mean, you know, get yeah, the entire meal. Don't just get the, yeah. well, here's the potatoes. By the way, we got into your systems already. Yeah. Don't go to the buffet and just get like a salad, you know, like get what you pay for. And so, but yeah, I mean, if you get a salad at a buffet, that's fine. Right? Like, more power to it. <laughs> you know, if you're going to Fogo de Chao or Texas de Brazil and you're just doing the salad bar, you may be doing it wrong. That should but, be outlawed. They should not uh, have a salad bar at any of those places. Oh, it's still good for you, you know, no, but no. regardless. Um, no, I think it's important, right? As we talked about that, you know, there's a there's a level of maturity that you're going to crawl, walk, run through your security posturing and what you leverage. Uh, there are tools that are open source and uh, easy to stand up, relatively speaking, for internal vulnerability scanning. You know, get you an idea of where your benchmark is. That's where you'd then go and invite in a third party entity like a Blockworks, like somebody who's a professional that uh, runs these for other people uh, to get some additional clarity on. All right, now I know where I'm weak. And they will speak to personal trainer, how I get better, strategically get better, right? And how, how do I, you know, get what I pay for? And, and in that case, time is money uh, with all the effort that you're putting out. And then, you know, yeah, I think annual penetration test. If you have the funding and you're already doing routine or regular vulnerability scanning, that makes sense. Just don't flip-flop the order. You know, let it naturally evolve uh, mm -hmm. for sure would be my recommendation. So we're all kind of on the same page there. Um so to wrap up today's discussion, could you provide a brief overview of the newly released BlockWorks NVAP services and its relevance to our discussion today, um, such as what benefits it offers? How can tools like NVAP contribute to fostering a culture of cybersecurity awareness, um, optimize remediation efforts, reduce attack surface, and increase trust with clients? Yeah, MVAP's a fun one uh, for those that don't already know about it. So we've been working on this one. I want to say the platform was vetted for about sixteen months. It was it was uh, it was uh, an an endurance exercise for sure, uh, making sure that we were crossing our T's and dotting our I's. If they're like, what platform we use, how do we build out the process, and how do we deliver the most value to our partners? But it's going to differentiate itself in a couple different ways. Uh, in the fact that number one. Uh, comes in two different flavors. There's one that's going to be a one-time scan for those that want to do it annually, quarterly, whatever it is. But then the one other service that I think I'm I'm pretty fond of, specifically because of the 
illumination it gives uh, those that de- deploy it are it's uh, it's always scanning like it routinely scans hourly uh, on some scans daily on others. And the beauty with that is you specifically get to see, hey, let's say there's new vulnerabilities presented to the environment. That's one thing. But what if we go backwards? What if in the changes that are taking place in the environment, something somewhere goes awry and something we resolved three months ago now resurfaces? If if you're only doing yearly vulnerability scans, you're going to come up and be like, wait a second, how is this was on last year's scan and we resolved this? How did this happen? Right. So the cool thing with routine scans, whether it's daily, hourly or weekly, uh, is you get a lot more insight into because there's so many changes taking place in any environment at any point, right? More than many people realize. So if you don't think there's enough changes or a lot of changes going on, then get yourself a change approval board. Don't make any changes without like five people's consent. And then you're going to realize, holy smokes, there's like a thousand changes now. And so it's like trying to audit every time you swipe your debit card, right? Like you don't realize how many times you swipe it. But if you had to like write an explanation out on an expense report for every expense, you're like, holy smokes, I swiped it a lot, right? And so that's that's going to be my recommendation as far as frequency goes, um, as well as what MVAP is going to provide. But the neat thing with MVAP is it's three different types of scans. So we've seen a lot of other partners leverage an agent-based scanner where it's like an application like iTunes, like Chrome. You'll install on your machine. It'll run. It'll give you a score. And that's the end of the life cycle, right? For the most part, there's no guidance. There's no path to remediation. There's no recurring scan. There's nothing like that. Um, and so with the neat thing with, with MVAP is we certainly have an agent-based scanner. We also have a appliance. It's like a small desktop, uh, that we would provide our partner that goes and sits on the environment and it scans laterally any other assets on the network. And the neat thing with this piece is you get so much visibility to what you, again, you don't know what you don't know. And so if, if you're only using a agent-based sensor type application, you're only scanning the assets you know are there. You're not scanning everything. And so uh, it's like doing a home inspection. You don't look in the attic. You don't look in the basement. (laughs) There's a lot that you may not know that you really need to know. And so uh, that's where we find out like things like IoT, because no one thinks of their smart fridge when they're conducting a vulnerability assessment. But if the fridge can read you the weather, it could read bad act or something else, right? Like there's insight there. And so that's another piece that provides uh, clarity and, and value to our partners as well as the external scan. So we can also look at a website, a domain, uh, a public IP address, a firewall, a public facing WAN interface, things like that. So it's all of that combined into a single pane of glass. So it takes into account, hey, um, you know, genetically, you may be prone to this, but, uh, you know, genetically, you have a low vitamin D rate, but you live in Florida where there's a lot of sunshine. So I'm adding context to that vitamin deficiency, right? If you only look at the genetic report and say you need to take vitamin D, you're going to be low on it. You could take it, but it, there's no context and like, well, OK, where do they live? What's their environment like? Do they have an indoor job? Are they working outside most of the day? Right. So there's a lot of context there in the strategic roadmap of MVAP that helps understand how do we really spend our time in the wisest way. So if SSH, for example, needs to be upgraded on a server, which is like a, a fairly normal protocol, but it, there's more secure forms of it. Right. Uh, and. It's not public facing, then the exposure of that vulnerability will be lower. Now, if SSH is open on the firewall or anybody swinging by that has the IP address can get in and your server has a deprecated form of SSH, high severity, high criticality, 
resolve that as soon as possible, right? And so it just provides a lot of really neat context to uh, vulnerability scans in general that may just have you chasing your tail on on certain things that that they're not not important, but they may not be the most important. So that's a high level overview. Obviously, you get some reporting, you get an, a neat online console to track your results, um, and uh, and and Blockworks time to consult and, and review the reports and how to more effectively communicate that strategy to whichever environment you're working on hardening and strengthening. Matt, anything um, from you, your side? No, MVAP is his baby. So I'm, I'm <laughs> just going to go with what he's, what Mike's got. That's all our baby, dude. We're, we've all been in the kitchen cooking with it, but um, no, it's true, a lot of, there's a true. lot of really cool stuff that that we're that we're cooking up and we still have it yet to release so plenty mm -hmm. to still roll out of the hangar here in 2024 but mvap's a cool one for sure mvap is definitely uh it's 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 going to be amazing to have out there i mean if you look at the entire suite that we have and just the things that we've had recently uh bringing out mvap bringing out cdr bringing out the edr with all of its you know, level of capabilities. I mean, these are, these are things that we can bring to the table and will make us successful with you as a partner. Now, one thing I would like to bring up, and I know we didn't really touch on this are what kind of questions should we be asking vendors about their application? You know, you're going to put somebody's application in your environment. Shouldn't you know what has been done? I mean, I know for a fact that our security solution, we have pedigree around that. We have a report outlining everything that was done as far as testing, comparative information of it versus the results of you know other solutions, and basically where it stands. So if somebody asks us, hey, how confident are you in your product? We can say, well, it was validated by a third party to the highest standards possible. And we can provide, you know, parts of that report. It's publicly available to show where that stands. But you shouldn't be afraid to ask any of your vendors about that. If your vendor is scared that you're going to ask how often they validate <laughs> their product, they probably don't need to have a product. If you're not going through and doing validation on your products regularly, that also raises questions. We do that. I can tell you that I find the craziest things that I humanly can from the dark web that are not released that other vendors will not know about. And I throw them at our solution to make sure that we are capable of preventing it. That's the level that you want to look for with partners. That's what you want to look for to shore up your security. You want your vulnerability scans. You want the pen testing. But you you want to make sure that your vendor is also adhering to the highest levels possible when it comes to their own efficacy and their own validation. That goes into the conversation we had on the previous safety brief, just you know, mm -hmm. um, highlighting the partners who are asking those hard questions, who are wanting to know more information it is important to know who you're partnering partnering with and what they're providing you and how they're providing you that. So definitely hold people accountable for sure. 
Well, that concludes our discussion for today. Uh, thank you both for sharing your time and expert opinions, as always. Uh, to our listeners, uh, thank you for tuning in to this week's Safety Brief. We look forward to catching you in the next episode. And if uh, MVAP is something that you'd like to know more about, feel free to reach out by navigating to uh, BlockWorks uh, website or getting in contact with us um, via the comment section on one of the many platforms that the Safety Brief is available at. Thank you so much, everybody. Thank you. Stay frosty. <laughs>